Good evening from the bowels of the Horror Press estate, and welcome to a new episode of the Horror Press Podcast, a podcast brought to you by HorrorPress.com. My name is James Michael, and I'm the curator of all things Horror Press. As always, this show aims to bring you the latest horror news you may have missed or overlooked, a place to quickly cover the happenings of the horror world, whether that's studio announcements, movie releases, or box office numbers, as well as some light genre discussion. I'm joined today by a special guest. You may know her as exactly one half of the podcast, Uike Horon. She's soft, she's soothing, and she's succulent. Eileen Clark. Hi, Eileen. How are you? Hi! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm beyond excited to have you here. <laughs> I mean, you. I've been following you and Johnny for, I feel like, since you started. Jump. Maybe, like, mid-2020, I, I found you guys um, locked in my much- house pretty much where yeah we were all locked in our houses and we uh that's that's when we were officially like okay we can do it let's send this out into the world and put latine fucking horror movies in people's faces because yeah we and have a i really that's basically what i did I, I think i sat there and i googled i wanted spanish horror podcasts mm-hmm. and i think you and maybe some other podcast called the huela sangre came up Fun. and um I really loved how you guys went into these like little hidden gems from Spanish speaking mm-hmm. countries. And yeah. I got to learn so much, all the different dialects that you don't normally hear in your areas. Yes. And it's such a good time the way you guys break down the movies. We we definitely one of our favorite things about doing all these wonderful and sometimes horrible because <laughs> we cover the gamut. We do not discriminate whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly. If it's Latine, we're watching it. And so, like, the one of our favorite things is hearing the different, uh, like, slang words from different countries and, like, how people say certain things and just, and curse words and uh, different curse words in different uh, Spanish-speaking countries and in Brazil where they speak Portuguese. But, like, it's so interesting to see and hear Oh, we love it so much. It's yeah. it, it's expanding our our own Latinidad, which is really, really fun to do. The coolest part is honestly, like, it's exposed me to so much Spanish culture. And you would think the majority of these movies are relatively recent. But no, you cover movies from, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy things that, like, are so enjoyable to listen to. And you guys it's, are so funny. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... The it's a shame that people don't realize that in Latin America we've been doing horror for as long as I mean literally when when Bella Lugosi was making frickin' Dracula in at night they were taking that set and putting the Mexican cast on it and being like okay precisely the same thing pero en español vámonos same exact time <laughs> so like it's it's just fun to see it through the time periods Mexican golden era is just filled with beautiful like gothic gems and then you see Guillermo del Toro like taking those movies from his past and implying and putting them imbibing them into his own and then now we just started tapping into like colombian uh tropical gothic horror from there and that's really interesting and the other thing is like specifically those movies from the past is we also get a mini history lesson a lot of times like we learn from their wars or like horrible incidents that like have caused trauma which then this trauma is processed through these amazing horror movies and you're just like listen guys chile you've gone through it but the horror movies that come out of chile you're like boof that that's not only is it spooky, but I can feel the historical issues that have been running rampant through there. So it's really very fun and just a learning experience through and through. It's great. And some of your episodes, I'm surprised to see the movies that are covered. Like recently, I think it was last week, you guys did the Belco experiment. I had no <laughs> idea that was filmed in Colombia. I had Me no neither. idea. Like, and it was. It's so surprising to me. But, yeah. I mean, illuminating still. 
Agreed. I think a lot of times when the when it's a U.S. based film, and then that has the Latino elements attached to it, whether it's the director or the the lead or the place it's filmed at, which is what the Belco experiment that landed in our gamut of of um, reasons why it was acceptable is because the fact that they were like. They could have had a sound studio in L.A. and been like, great, we'll shoot the whole thing. Because that movie is filmed in a building, basically. But they went to Bogota. They went to Colombia. And they said, mira, ese edificio, that one building over there, we'll film it in there. And you're just like, great. Thanks for the thanks for bringing some uh, money into the country, U.S., I guess. Even though yeah. probably I mean, not that hearing much. Hearing some of the shenanigans, too, that they got to behind the scenes, like... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost surprised that they would even talk about that because you know Agreed. they were they were just like partying oh, it up in Colombia, as one does. Absolutely, Tony Goldwyn on a dance floor this is all I want to see for the rest of my life now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So our first bit of news that I want to get out of the way, only because mm-hmm. I feel like it's time sensitive, um, with all the shenanigans with Ghostface that's going on, mm-hmm. with Scream about to release, I'm sure everyone is aware that those fancy popcorn buckets have been basically impossible to get at Cinemark locations. People literally went there, bought them out, and have been reselling them for double, triple, quadruple the price. I think I've Jeez. seen a popcorn bucket going for $200 on eBay. Are you kidding and me? And Cinemark at least did us a solid now. And they're letting us pre-order the popcorn buckets for retail price, of course. The only catch is you will not have it until, like, August. So you can get your damn popcorn bucket. They just won't ship it until late in the summer. So you'll be receiving it when it's coming out on streaming. Probably not even that. Uh, no. It's gonna <laughs> streaming will be even earlier than that. Like probably two weeks after it releases. I mean, <laughs> guys, this is my piece of advice to you: get yourself a piece of cardboard and uh, make your own. You can make. I mean, I mean I, I'm save sure. Save yourself the hundred and eighty dollars. Exactly. You can just car- draw out a little ghost face thing and slap it on any old bucket and you got yourself a ghost <laughs> face bucket and shove a bunch of popcorn in there and boom, go to the movie theaters. Hide it in your backpack, though, so that nobody can see. And in case our listeners are curious, they have until March 17th to get those orders in. Um, and then basically you're at the mercy of the scalpers after that. Ugh, good luck to everyone out there wanting to get themselves some uh, some scream merchandise. Honestly, I mean, if I was gonna be wanting something specifically from the Scream franchise to have in my home, I don't know if popcorn bucket would be the one that I'm like shelling out for. You know what I mean? But also, I don't love popcorn. When I go to the movie theaters, I do two hot dogs and a soda. I don't do <laughs> popcorn. Well, so. You know what? Lately, lately, I'm more of a Sour Patch Kids. The problem is they come in those crinkly packets. Yes. And I'm so fixated on not disturbing everyone else around me that I will in- like inhale it before the movie starts. So I'm not crinkling <laughs> during the movie. Listen, I know my routine is get my two hot dogs and get my beverage. I sit down. I shovel the hot dogs during the (laughs) Maria Menounos part where she's like, and trivia. Everybody know about this. And I'm like, hold on, Maria. And let me shove my (laughs) hot dogs in. And then once the movie starts, I'm full, happy, satisfied, and continuing with with my beverage, which I never finish. It's only a, a couple of glugs. And then I'm done and chuck my money into the garbage can. (laughs) My $20 soda that I have to spend on. So for Wikihoron, are you Mm -hmm. going to be covering Scream 5 or 6, considering we have Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrero? Funny you should say that. Our Scream episode is going to come out the Monday of the week that 
Screams uh, 6 comes out on. So nice. we planned it accordingly so that we could have it all fall in the same space. But yes, we are covering Scream in parentheses 5 because it's not called Scream 5, everybody. It's just called Scream. Do not call it <laughs> Scream 5. <laughs> but yeah. I've heard we people definitely... refer to it as 5 Cream. Five cream. Uh, I mean, that sounds like something you're putting in a, in your genitals or something like that. But sure, five cream. <laughs> So over the past week, we've gotten word that Satanic Hispanics is going to be heading to theaters. And I'm very excited for this only because I've heard so much positive stuff about this based off of its festival run. And the fact that it's actually heading to like the big screen in September for Hispanic Heritage Month. I mean, that's so cool. Especially, I love a good anthology movie. Oh, so. me too. Give me tiny, short yeah. blasts of different stuff. I for, I always forget how much I enjoy an anthology. Like when we, um, when Johnny and I, before Uikyoror, even we, during the pandemic, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, guys, but during the shutdown, um, we had a little movie club with his husband and we did all the VHS movies and I was like, dude... Some of these little shorts are kind of lame, but I love that we're just like, and here's a teeny movie. Great. Now next other teeny movie. I'm having a good time. Third teeny movie. I think there's an Indonesian one in VHS that is fucking dope that I was like. Is that the one with like the cult and then like the big monster comes out at the end? Yes. I loved that one. That one's so great. Oh my God. So, so I'm super pumped for Satanic Hispanics, especially because these directors are, we've covered, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, I think we've done at least one movie by every one of these directors. I don't, I'm pretty sure we did Bingo Hell and, um, Culture Shock by, um, Como se llama? Uh, Gigi Saul Guerrero is Gigi Saul Guerrero. Oh. Yes, she did Bingo Hell and and Culture Shock. I didn't love Bingo Hell, but I loved Culture Shock. It's so good. Uh, and then Damian Ruña, he did I mean, Aterrados. Who, that movie, fucking a, terrified me, <laughs> and <laughs> we, very that, little scares me. But that movie uh, was so effective. Is, horrifying that opening scene oh my god oh my god it was our third episode i'm pretty sure and i'll tell you ooh, it knocked our socks off um i went into it not expecting much like the little promo cover to me was a little cringe so i was like i'm just gonna put this on relax a little and then that shower scene dude I, i I was done after that. The like, man is... under the bed for me. That uh, for me, I can't do under the bed stuff. Yeah. That shit freaks me out. And that Scary. folded up dude, he was, f- or <gasps> the body that runs at that at the cop at like towards the end where it's like folded backwards. I was like, uy, 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 esta yeah. mierda horrible. Yeah, people sleeping on Hispanic horror. Let me tell you. Hello, check out Aterrados today, wherever you can stream it. (laughs) I feel like America started waking up to Spanish horror with Tigers Are Not Afraid. And it was like a good 40 years late. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Agreed, totally. And also, like, listen, he is a master at his job. But, like, there are other directors other than Guillermo del Toro. I mean, I give him all his flowers all the time. I love him to death. Pero, guys, we can find, like, absolutely an 
an enormous amount of Latino directors out there and Latina directors. We're about to cover La Huesera on um, Week Horror not too long. We're recording tomorrow. And that's a lady director. And uh, Johnny texted me today and he's like, have you seen it yet? And I was like, no, I'm going to watch it after I record with JM. And he was like, ooh, girl, I can't wait to talk to you about this movie. And I was like, ooh, I'm so excited to watch it now. And yeah. I've only heard wonderful things. So it's like the fact that we're putting satanic Hispanics on a big screen, an anthology that of like Latine people, that didn't seem possible five years ago even. Like it just felt like, oh, a dream. And now the fact that we'll be able to see not only one, but five different options, right? It's five? Five directors? Yeah, five. Yeah, and I think that's so wonderful. I really hope people go out to see it because um, Alejandro Brugues, who did Juan of the Dead, we, we covered that on the pod, and that one is... That movie is so funny. I love that it was this comedy horror, but also, like showcasing Cuba in a way that I don't think people ever had seen before. Like what a wonderful idea. And I think idea. that's the only, the yes. only. Yes. It and is I think the they, only. they, they did it in conjunction with, um, was it Spain that they, they went back and forth to it actually was with have it possible because of the embargo yeah. with America. Yeah. It was and, with Spain. Um, I, I mean, mean it, so cool yeah so it's so exciting to see these directors have their like moment to shine I'm pretty sure there's some great actors also attached to it that I'm excited to see and like I'm I just want to I just hope that it's all very varied too that we can see like the plethora the rainbow that they have to offer because it's if it's gory as hell and spooky and uh, also incredibly Latino, I'm gonna be pumped, man. I mean, the other director that I think people are going to be excited about is um, Eduardo Sanchez, who was the co-director and co-writer of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, I don't know if he's writing, but he's definitely directing a bunch of episodes of yellow jackets which i haven't watched at all but people are obsessed with yeah. um so you know i mean he's the fact that he's going back to his roots and like doing some latino stuff i think that's wonderful so that's gonna be really cool wait so you haven't watched yellow jacket season one i haven't watched it and oh, i know man. that's a sin oh my god I know I have to, especially because it's Christina Ricci, fucking Juliette Lewis, who I always love seeing her on screen because I think she's I actually believe she's an insane person. That clip of her on uh, of her. I think it was on her Instagram where she's listening to Britney Spears in her car and she's like, the world is ending. And she is like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, Juliette Lewis, you crazy bitch. I love you. I'm obsessed with her. And also freaking Melanie Linsky, who is a bad ass bitch. I'm obsessed with her. She was such a sleeper for me. At first I was like, eh. and uh -huh. then as the season went on, I was like, I'm scared of her. <laughs> like, at She's... first I was like, Misty is the scary one. Uh-huh. Oh, but you haven't been watching. Right? I haven't seen. No. You can say so all this and I no. don't know it. Don't No yeah. spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> so that's it. But, that's it. But the only, the other thing, the, only, the reason I believe you saying that she's scary, Melanie Linsky, is because in The Last of Us, she was very creepy scary and uh, very, like, that quiet scary that, like, I'm a I'm a little lady, but I'm also terrifying and probably would eat you alive if I could. I yeah, love that she can just tap that. Chilling and cute and the next thing you know, I'm shooting you. Exactly. Also married to Jason Ritter, who I is I think is the most fabulous thing ever. The fact that your hot husband is hilarious and the son of John Ritter. Like that's the coolest thing ever. 
I was surprised at some of the takes that I saw on Twitter that they didn't like her for The Last of Us. Like, I think the big one, the one that got, like, dragged the most was Adrian Curry, who, I mean, is very draggable. But she was mm-hmm. like, I don't like her. She's too soft. She's, I think she even called her fat. Like, there's no fat villains. And, um, yeah, I mean, she dialed it back very far. But I thought she did a really good job in The Last of so Us. So did I. And honestly. Like, she was the Karen that took over the town. Yes. And <laughs> was ruling the roost with an iron fist. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right? And I think she, uh, she can pull it off. Totally. And what what was great about her character as because I've played both the games is that her character is not in the game, so there is any there isn't anything to like compare her to or anything. So this is you just accepting her in this horrible woman role. Also, more I I love a lady villain that isn't that is complicated and set in her ways, and I think. I think she delivered and it was a great way of transitioning through this journey that we're on with those two characters with Joel and Ellie. And I was like, yeah, you're going to see a bunch of crazy shit as you go across America. Have a crazy Karen be one of <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I mean, is it that unbelievable at this point? At I don't this think point, so. I believe the hell out of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Not surprised. Yeah, for sure. So the next big thing that we got to see uh, was that Constantine and I Am Legend are being worked on and they're getting sequels. And the fact that WB seems to be really like pushing it, they're getting priority. They want it out. Do you think that this is mostly because horror is now becoming a little bit more mainstream? The studios are seeing that there is money to be made Mm. with scary movies? I think... I think a big part of that is the fact that James Gunn is at the helm now. And I think he's, when it comes to like the comic side of stuff, he's definitely into darker uh, shit in general. So, you know, maybe he's got the button, like his finger on the button being like, Let's delve into this spooky shit and this dark shit a little bit more. If you got your finger on the pulse, you're going to see that people are going to the movie theaters to see these these spooky things. And Constantine, I mean, that's Keanu. You know what I mean? And Keanu is going to bring it every time. John Wick is seems to be dwindling, but... Uh, he's always said that he's wanted to do Constantine. Like he wanted to do a sequel to Constantine. So like, let's listen I mean, how to cool. Keanu. Like, will they bring back Tilda Swinton as Gabriel? That's what Ooh, I want to know. Forget everything uh, else. On. Bring back Tilda Swinton. Tilda. Bring back the Tills. Yeah. Um, and I would I do am anything legend, for Tilda. Any, <laughs> I mean, anything for you. I am legend I'm less excited for. I did hear through the grapevine, I think, that they're retconning or they're doing a soft reboot of the ending of I am legend. Really? Which I'm kind of okay with. I didn't really like I am legend when it came out. Are they going to not kill the dog? Because that, for me, is the bummer. I mean, that that scene ruined the movie for the majority of the audience, I think. That was an I mean, how, I, I, you, you can't, you can't do that. You can't I mean, do I'm it. Basically, down for murder everyone, murder the children first, but don't murder <laughs> the dog. <laughs> no, we want the animals alive, please. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and what are they gonna do? Are they gonna? I mean, probably not. Uh, good old Will Smith, right? <laughs> I, I thought that Will Smith and his son were going to come back for this. Interesting. Yeah. I don't really remember exactly how the movie ended, but I think he dies. Does he? No? I don't remember. I don't remember. Because it was like 2007, right? Around there? Yeah, something like that. And I I saw it once and I was like, okay, this is a movie. (laughs) 
There was a really bad CGI in that movie too, if yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, it's tough. Like, were they so vampires or zombies? or zombies? I know they were supposed to be vampires, but they were like vampire zombies. It felt very zombie-esque to me. But I think, listen, if you're gonna upgrade the CGI, we're in the we're in the day and age where CGI. If you're gonna shell out the money, then you better make it look a thousand times better. You better not kill the dog. And I don't know. That would be fine. I mean, I, I don't think I need Will Smith attached to it. Honestly, I don't think I need Jaden Smith attached to it either. Um, Do you think follow- if we like complain enough and petition enough that we'll get like the Zack Snyder cut where the dog doesn't die? I would love that. I would definitely start a letter. Dear James Gunn, it seems as though you're in talks for bringing back I Am Legend. May I give you some tips and maybe suggestions and advice? Uh, Number one, keep the dog alive. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say I'm I'm more excited about a Constantine uh, reboot, remake, sequel, whatever, um, just because I fucking love Keanu to death I could watch him read a fucking phone book does he have horrible performances out there yes but I but who think cares? When he, who cares who cares if yeah. he's ass kicking if he is John Wick I am there if he's punching a devil or an angel in the face I'm there as well or if he is romancing Diane Keaton in any way possible I am also there I need Keanu Reeves <laughs> Tilda Swinton as Gabriel Brujeria. Of course. And I'm good. I mean, remember that scene with him and the cat in the bathtub or something? Oh, (laughs) my gosh. So cool. I (laughs) I want more of that. Yeah. So I am legend. I'm happy if they're like, we're okay. But Constantine, I'm definitely here for. So our next bit of news is that the new season of True Detective is going to continue and it's going to be titled True Detective Night Country and it's going to be starring Jodie Foster. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yes, I am pumped for this. I fucking loved season one of True Detective. Season two was fine for me. I didn't see season three. Um, but I heard that. So one we're was... similar because I yeah. only watched season one. Season two, I kind of like, eh. and then I just didn't watch season three at all. Season three, I heard is better than season two. Um, but for me, the reason I'd come back for True Detective uh, Night Country, besides the fact, fact that it's Jodie Foster, is because Isa Lopez, who directed um, Tigers Are Not Afraid, is basically at the helm for it and she's so cool and uh a tigers are not afraid is such a fucking awesome movie and they're filming in iceland i believe or at least a lot of it is filmed in iceland which makes sense if they're doing night country because i feel like it's going to be like the vibe of this is what i'm predicting that it's maybe like those towns that have two hours of sunlight and some sort mm. of murder or something happens in in that situation um but yeah give me a mystery jodie foster why the fuck not and isa I lopez mean, all i need like, here is jodie foster she's basically yeah. like my tilda swinton too <laughs> <laughs> like, i she's mean so good. she's so good she's so good and like i think now at her age she can afford to pick and choose the things that she actually wants to do and the fact that she's like yeah i want to do fucking true detective i think that says a lot it's i mean she has had such a crazy good career it's like a lot of people think like she started with sounds of the lambs but she's been acting since she was like a child a child yeah i used to watch um, Freaky Friday, the original, not Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis gang, the fucking Jodie Foster and whoever played his, her mom at the time, uh, the 1970s Freaky Friday, 
I used to watch it in Portuguese when I lived in Brazil, like because it was dubbed over and playing on TV. And I was obsessed. Oh, she gets her braces taken off. Whoa, that's crazy. The teen that's sloppy and like whatever. And then she gets all put together because the mom is in her body. She does. What is that called when you like water ski, but you make human pyramids out of it? She's like on a team doing that. And I'm like, do people still do that? Yes, they do. (laughs) Because I have a friend who I used to do improv with and she used to do that shit in high school. And I remember her revealing that to us. And I was like, Caitlin, hold on. You used to climb on people's shoulders on water skis and do that shit. And she's like, yep. Like the cover of the Go-Go's album. <laughs> I feel like did that, did that ever happen on Jaws? I feel like it did, right? <gasps> that seems like it would live beautifully in the Jaws universe. And I think yeah. that must have been maybe a scene. Jaws two, maybe three or four. I mean, there's so many <laughs> options where that could have been used. Oh, I hope so. I hope it was somewhere in the Jaws world. I think the not that long ago, I saw in Shutter they had this old old Jodie Foster movie called. Um, I think it was like the girl who lives down the lane or something like that. Uh huh. And. If you want to see a brilliant little girl, brilliant, she must have been like 13. Uh. She wards off like sexual predators, a crazy <gasps> landlord. There's a scene just just so that if, if you're like sensitive to this, because I am. Uh-huh. This is an old ass movie, so they don't pull their punches. Okay. Uh-huh. Jo- Baby Jodie Foster has a hamster. Uh-huh. <gasps> The guy comes, snatches the hamster, and throws it in the fireplace. Oh, my God. And they show it. They <gasps> show it. And I was mortified. Mortified. I mean, that's... Yeah, but, I mean, wait, she, I... Gets her, she gets her vengeance, so... I love that. Also, yeah. Taxi Driver. She was in freaking Taxi Driver, guys. And, like... Uh, oh, what's that horrible... Like, she gets, I think trigger warning raped like in a bar and I think she was nominated I think that may have been her first Oscar nomination was oh what is that movie called I forget but she was like again still super young and making these hard movies like insane I think the the last happy movie did movie she did was fucking freaky friday and then she said, I was going to no, say, has oh. she done a happy movie? <laughs> Just Freaky Friday. And she said, you know what? This isn't for me, guys. I'm going to need the most serious shit that there is out there. So I know that you're a gamer. I am. How excited <laughs> are you? Because we can break this down into like a couple little sections. But mm. Blumhouse announced that they're going to be doing a series of original horror video games. And considering how good they are at like jump scares and all that, the fact that they're doing Five Nights at Freddy. Uh-huh. Like, how excited are you for this? Incredibly excited. Mostly because... And I say this all the time on our podcast over at Wikiorror that whenever we watch a Blumhouse movie, there's their intro where they show little clips of different types of horror movies. And there's always a shitty little girl that is like and walking in a dress. And she is terrifying to me. And that's just like the Blumhouse Studios. <laughs> like I'm I'm terrified of the opening of films. So the fact that they're like. We're going to take that energy plus horror movie energy in general and put it in a controlled environment where you can, like, make people go. I mean, it's going to be how am I going to be able to sleep at night? I'll tell you. I love gaming, but horror games are really hard for me to uh, dive into because it's too I'm too much in it. I like I need the separation of. I'm 
just a person watching and something is happening in front of me. If I'm the one that has to like live in it, it's always really tough. The Last of Us was... I mean, I would get so stressed out playing The Last of Us. But the wonderful thing is, with also with horror games, is if it's got a great story to it, then hell yeah. I'm currently, <laughs> the horror game that I'm currently playing right now is Luigi's Mansion 3. And uh, <laughs> the scariest part of that is that you got to suck up ghosts in a vacuum. And um, I'm having a great time. And the sp- there are spooks in it, which is... in hilarious to me they'll you like open a drawer and then like a hand will pop out and you'll hear a funny laugh but you still jump and i'm like okay luigi's mansion so if blumhouse is gonna be like get ready for this then i'm like okay i don't know if i could do it i'm the type that i'm i'm a pretty heavy duty gamer okay Mm -hmm. but i'm with you on the whole Playing the scary video game is much harder than uh-huh. watching, being an observer of a like a horror movie. Uh-huh. And I love the idea, this like romantic idea of I'm going to play Outlast. I'm going to play <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil 4 or PT or uh-huh. Silent Hill. And I will play oh the game. Oh my God. I will say I'm going to commit to this. And then I'll get five minutes in. And you and shit your pants. Stop. Like, I think... <laughs> I tried Outlast, and that game was so terrifying Stressful. with the batteries and the flashlight going out. Uh-uh. I think there were, they added this gimmick where the mic on the PlayStation controller, like if you made a sound, the monsters could like hear you. No. I also really did my best to play like Alien Isolation. <gasps> I've which heard is, that one is very scary. Yes, and you're literally just... All you have to do is get from one side of the ship to the other, I think. But I never get, like, I think I got up to the part where you get encounter the alien the first time. Uh-huh. And that was it for me. Like, I couldn't. I can't do it. I love it, but I, it's not for me. I'm desperate to play uh, Resident Evil Village. Is that the one that has the big lady domest- domestica, yeah. domest or whatever? I want to play that one so bad because everyone says that. it's so fun. You have, and it's good. Yes, I I find like just like you, the story <laughs> has to push me and compel me through it. If it's just Absolutely. scary for scary, no thank then, you. But mm-hmm. there's a point where I feel like you are so like overwhelmed that you like just plateau. And you can push through it. And most of the Resident Evil games are like that. The Last of Us was, the first one at least, was horrifying. And then I think eventually I was just so desensitized. Yeah. (laughs) That I just was like, this is how you deal with it. I'm not going to think about it. And I'm just going to scurry through the level. Yeah. And probably lower the difficulty. Let me grab my knives and shards of scissors and anywhere that I can and then shove them in these clickers heads and keep on moving. Like yeah. I need to get to Boston. I need to get to the West. I need to get Ellie to the fireflies. Yeah. But like, I think you could probably handle Resident Evil Village. I honestly think the first section is the scariest and then it kind of like, goes it tapers down into more of an actiony game there is okay. a level later on where you're you are completely disarmed in a scary house full of muñecas dolls. oh i've seen clips of that uy, 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 las muñecas. i have a hard time with dolls <laughs> and there's a part where a big ass baby just chases you and tries oh to eat god you. yes other than okay, that i, I, I think it's it. a manage it's a manageable game if you can just push through lady okay. d's house Okay, and that's community. the one I want to. I want to. I want to see Lady D because she's so tall and like booby and like a vampire is what I assume. And I'm just like everybody loves her so much. I keep seeing all this great fan art of hers and everything. Yeah, so I'm great. just like, I gotta play. So I'm. Have you gonna... seen where gamers have modded the game so that it's instead of like a gun, you have a fly swatter so you can swat her ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I mean, the world these days, the internet, these hackers out there, I don't know what it is. I I am such a noob, it feels like. I'm just like, 
oh, let me do the the littlest thing that I can, and then I feel like I've done it. But that's amazing. I love when people mod games and get to put the craziest shit in there. It's so fucking funny. But listen, Bloomhouse, if you're going to give us some spooky games, deliver a a decent story within it, because that's incredibly important. Uh, Give us some rest time in these games where we can, like catch our breath and like uh come back to a regular heartbeat uh before you begin more spooks and um and yeah I think we'll be good I think I'm 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 happy to try out any Bloomhouse game Bloomhouse if you need a tester if you need a test audience or a test gamer I'm happy to come into your studios and (laughs) try things out yeah, I mean, it does it pass the Eileen test of too scary or not too scary? Exactly. And then I think that would be a good gauge for the rest of your audience, Bloomhouse. So Jason Bloomhouse, isn't that that guy's name? Yeah. <laughs> Todd Bloomhouse? Jason. Dear, I'm going to write him a letter too. Dear Jason Bloomhouse. <laughs> so the other game that I've been hearing a little bit about lately is also um, the Grey Hill Incident. It has nothing to do with Blumhouse, but, I mean, I am excited because it's alien-themed, and I know, like, I'm terrified of aliens. That's my kryptonite. Me give me, Give too. me demons, give me spirits, give me vampires, werewolves. None of that scares me. But give me a tiny, gray-headed, big-eyed, long-fingered alien, and I'm out. Like, Did you shit your pants in nope. <laughs> This The beginning scene where they fake you out... Uh-huh. I was ready to leave. <laughs> that was so scary to me. It was so scary. And then they fake you out. And yeah. I I was like, if this is the movie, uh, it's game over for me. <laughs> game over. <laughs> like, I stopped breathing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the VHS movie where the aliens come and they have... Uh-huh. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. That one also was so scary to me Creepville. and that's what this game kind of looks like like i watched the it demo kind the trailer. Of does. it kind of does scary i think um i think that you sent me the trailer and i watched it and i was like this looks really fun and uh this like the the pov kind of games where you're just like look at the booty shooties uh i like that kind of vibe where you're like you don't see your little guy moving around you're the little guy um and there was a, a really cool shot of like a classic UFO saucer style, like sucking somebody out of a house. And I appreciate this kind of old school vibe of like little gray dude and eyes kind of thing. It I looks think like that's... it balances like horror with a little camp, which agreed kind of tempers the horror for me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the camp in the horror, especially if we're doing it in a game vibe, because then it helps, it appeals to the I'm too afraid part of me to play. So I'll keep playing to see the camp value, but also uh, I like that it balances each other out. So I'm ready to play this game uh, if it's if it's going to be, if it's going to deliver the alien spookies, but also the alien campies. Yeah, I mean, it... If it doesn't get set back any further, I think I saw that it's coming out June 9th or 10th. Oh. Let's see. So, I mean, it sounds far away, but really it's right around the corner. Oh, truly, it really is. Yeah, June 9th for Amazing. consoles and PC. So, great. I wonder if you think it'll girl. be on the Switch. Maybe. I mean, I, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm partial to my, um, to my PS4, I'm I'm still living in my PS4 era uh, because PS5 is a, still a little too expensive for me, and it intimidates me for some reason now. Um, and even though I I'm playing Luigi's Mansion on my Switch, I prefer uh, uh, playing on my big screen rather than handheld, just because. I'm mostly just because I'm almost 40 and my back hunches too much when I'm hand holding. And so my back then becomes absolute mush and I 
walk like a conchuda throughout my house for five days <laughs> after playing one one level of Luigi's Mansion. So I. And I, I, I have a projector instead of a TV, so I have a nice big wall-sized TV, TV quote-unquote, and playing video games is that, in that is so much more fun and cool. And if it's going to be aliens sucking me out of a, a roof, I'm going to need it to come to PS4 so I can attach it to my projector, baby. So speaking of, like, sucking up spirits. Uh-huh. <laughs> How much of Luigi's Mansion and Ghostbusters would you say you were inspired with for Las Santeras? Interesting. Well, Luigi's Mansion hadn't come into my life yet. Uh, uh, so so it, was, it was straight up Ghostbusters. It was straight up Ghostbusters. Um, and for the listeners that may not know, Eileen <laughs> has a little tiny web series. I do. Which is kind of like equal parts Ghostbusters and Broad City, I would say. Yeah, I'd say that too. And you play a duo of Santeras that go around kind of like de-ghostifying people's houses. Yeah. And it's really funny and cute. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. I thought it was funny. Thank you. Um, yeah, Las Santeras, it was created by my friend Mariola Figueroa and I, Eileen Clark. And Mariola, she, uh, we used to do improv together at the cult named... Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade UCB and um, she played a character that was a Santera and she wrote this thing herself it's just like a monologue where she was a Santera trying to get rid of ghosts in somebody's house and one day she was just like I think we should make this a web series and have it be sisters that like go around New York City and each episode is just trying to quote unquote exercise the demons out of somebody's house and uh one episode it's uh, a guy <laughs> whose exes or like his grinder exes uh have been haunting him and there's another episode where it's prince's ghost oh, the, is haunting. the prince ghost was so <laughs> funny i laughed so hard because i didn't see it coming at all and then i was like is that Muñeco possessed by Prince. And then he starts singing and dancing, flashes his ass. Yes, I so made good. those pants. And and like his little wig or his hair is like so, to me, like peak 90s, like bargain man doll. Yes. <laughs> like the cheap Latin dolls that you see at like yes. the dollar store. And oh, I was like, I've doll, seen him before. That doll, we Mariola found it on the internet, and when it got to her house, I was like, "Girl, that shit is haunted. You are keeping it in your house. Do not." But that episode, the Prince episode, was filmed here in my apartment, so it took two days to shoot. So that doll spent a night in this house, and I was like, "Mira, I'm locking it in the bathroom. I cannot have it come out in the middle of the night." It was because it. It would go up to basically our hip. It was tall. That thing was big. It. <laughs> it. it was that episode to me was peak. Like so good. Very Love smart. Love that episode. Like Thanks. I give you props. Like thank you. Very smart. I had. I was. I was inspired by. Um, there's like a handful of interviews of people talking about going to meeting Prince in the middle of the night uh, for something incredibly random. So like there's the classic Dave Chappelle, Charlie Murphy, where he like invites him to play basketball and eat pancakes in the middle of the night. And then uh, Questlove has a story about going roller skating randomly in the middle of the night, like receiving a phone call from somebody and being like, hi, this is Prince's assistant go to this roller rink in this place in 30 minutes now and you're going to roller skate with fucking Prince. And Questlove being like, okay. <laughs> and then somebody else, I forget who it was, but I'm pretty sure, I forget who it was, but they said that Prince was like, meet me at Susan Sarandon, because here in New York, Susan Sarandon owns a ping pong club. And so he was like, meet me at Susan Sarandon's ping pong club in the middle of the night, and we're going to play some fucking ping pong. And so I was like, 
that's so fucking funny to me that he would just be a crazy guy saying, I just want to have a fun activity with a random friend and I am Prince, so I get to do it. And I said, ping pong is the funniest shit ever. Out of all the things to do, ping pong? So that's why we had ping pong in our Prince episode. So good. But thank you so much for watching my little web series, Mariola, and I'm I really proud of it. I was very disappointed. There's, I could only find three. Are there more? Will there be that more? That is it. That is, as of now, that's it. The world it. needs more Serafina. <laughs> I agree. She's a fun character. Uh, there's an episode where I get possessed so by a by a <laughs> shitty mother-in-law, which was really fun to do. And um, yeah, I think Mariola and I talk about it every now and then where we're like, we should do more, at I... least one more episode. So for our final section, um, we're kind of wrapping this up with a big Stephen King section because it seems like he's having almost like a renaissance of sorts this year. Um, We got to see HBO Max is ordering a Welcome to Dairy series, which is going to be a prequel for like it and Pennywise and all that. Yeah. I honestly thought I heard about this maybe a couple months, six months ago, maybe a year. But it seems like it's making their rounds again. Yes, and literally yesterday I saw Bloody Disgusting said that uh, Andy and Barbara Muschietti, who are the guy, who the siblings that directed the second it, it number two, uh, also Latinos and from Argentina, they are going to be working on the series, like confirmed. I am always super pumped for any Stephen King situation. Like I loved Castle Rock. I love any sort of like prequel attachment, anything that will build out this world a little bit more. If it's well made, obviously. Um, but I, the Muschietti Were you siblings, a fan of it when it came out? Part I one like and part the first, two? I like the first one. The second one I was like, it's a little cheesy. But I think that's like, I think that's the vibe of it in general because I felt that way with the old timey it also when it the Tim Curry one when they when we get to the adult time I'm like I don't give a shit about these adults I love the kids the kids are fun the kids are legitimately scared it taps into that really great like you know, it's what it's all about. Your child. There's a magic fears. to like the kids, like because they're yes. still young. It's there's mm-hmm. a wonder to it. There's supernatural elements. They're not like adults. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like as kids, like there's this childlike wonder. There, there's magic in the world, yeah. and you get attached to these little kids that are literally wading through it. Yeah, and then the adults, and- like they're un- they're more unlikable. They're spoiled by the world. Yes, and I think the the fears that these kids have, translating them into their adult selves doesn't land as scarily. Because you'll believe a little kid being afraid of, like, the hobo under the house or, like, their dad being a fucking creepville monster and, like... Uh, these jaded adults I don't know and and like having to face your childhood fears as an adult I guess it doesn't add doesn't land as well on screen as it does I mean I still have childhood fears and I'm like "Mm, I don't want to deal with that but like so I I really I really wanted instead of like welcome to dairy Okay, I really wanted a prequel to the True Not, which were the the vampires from The Shining that we got uh in the sequel. Like, I wanted to follow Rose the Hat and the Traveling Caravan before they meet in their, like, the movie and see, like, their struggles with trying to capture the children that have The Shining. Yeah, Like, that's what I would love. Like, why aren't we getting something like that? Like, do we really need more Pennywise? Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, we kind of saw the 
past Pennywise stuff in the second one. Like him being this carnival guy, this clown dude and whatever. Like, are we just going to see him being a clown and like being a a carny? Like, is that going to be the vibe? How much is there really to tell? Mm -hmm. But I'm sure the people at HBO are relatively smart. Like, I'm sure they're not going to go into this half-assed. Like, they've given us Game of Thrones, The Last of Us. I'm sure there's something that they're working with. Listen, aren't we supposed to get a Hellraiser freaking show first? Uh, Like, where's the Hellraiser show? Yeah. Like, we we got the movie, and they were also working on a Hellraiser show. I mean, I would love that. Like, I'm such a Pinhead fan. I, I love. We did for for our Uyghur movie club. We did all the Hellraisers. Some of those are fucking a garbage, but a delight to see him every time he pops out. Yeah, you're just like, hey, buddy, how you been? Where you been at? What have you been doing down there? What have <laughs> you been doing? You getting some pleasure, some pain? All right, love to see ya. Um, but. Yeah, I'm ex- I mean the the Hulu movie, I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm really interested to see the show. Um and I guess like in I'll still listen. I'll still watch a a dairy show. Absolutely. Um Yeah, I'm right I there hope- with you. I will watch it. Yeah. I will probably complain at some point, but I'll still watch Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Why not? This is yeah. our right as horror fans is to <laughs> be able to say, well, my, pe- my in my day, Pennywise did this. <laughs> in my day, Pennywise had weird teeth. I mean, he has weird teeth. I mean, and Stephen King seems to have like a lot of stuff in the pipeline this year. And other than Welcome to Dairy. He's got Salem's Lot, which consistently gets pushed off. Um, it was, I think it was supposed to come out in September. It got pushed all the way to April. And I think it may be getting pushed again, probably because it doesn't want to compete with Evil Dead. Um, also, Boogeyman, which was supposed to be straight to video on demand, but it got such good like ratings that really? they want to do like a theatrical release. And we also have a Pet Cemetery prequel, <gasps> which is scheduled for, I think, Paramount Plus. And they're sneaking something in, like, now. Um, Children of the Corn. Right. They rebooted it. They filmed it during COVID. It was, like, lost in COVID. And finally, really? it's coming out in March for a theatrical release. And it's also coming out on Shudder. I don't know what date for Shudder yet. But I know, and like, it's a at the movie start of or a or a television series. Children it's a of the movie. Corn. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just um, like, who asked for Children of the Corn? I know. I mean, that kid with the hat. He, I, I, we just needed the one, and then they gave us like five other ones, and now we're gonna go back. Listen, if you're going to make these kids a little creepier or scarier or wilder, sure, why not? But, like, I know. Out of all of those, why children of the fucking corn? I don't know. I mean, if I'm, I'm betcha anything, if they were to bring back and reboot, let's say, Cujo, we would probably just get a fucking CG mess anyway. That's true. Cujo would be a tough one to do. And also, <laughs> and also would they still cast... A Saint Bernard, which is to me the the biggest miscasting of a dog in history <laughs> is fucking Cujo being a Saint Bernard. Listen, you I know, get it, and rabies and all that shit, but like out of all the dogs in the world. As a kid of the nineties, <laughs> I was so confused by Cujo because I think it, we were Beethoven. like in the middle of Beethoven. So to me, like Beethoven, Cujo you can't in a, mix... a Spanish household, no. I told my mom to go get me the one with the dog, and she came back with Cujo, and oh, didn't no. know any better. She didn't know any better. <laughs> As a true Beethoven fan, one and two played constantly in my house. My mother was like, "Yeah, 
suficiente. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I need more Beethoven. I was obsessed. So a big reason why I didn't watch Cujo for so long was because I was like, how dare you besmirch the St. Bernard in this way? But also in that same vein, like, don't put a pit bull in this fucking movie. Like, that's my big thing is like, you're going to have to cast very appropriately. Do not keep spreading the rumor that pit bulls are vicious animals. One of the big things I love about John Wick is that dog revenge film. uh, And the dog he gets after his first dog dies is a pit bull, but that dog never fights. It never fights. Even though I want it, I want desperately to for John Wick and his dog to have like a side by side fighting kick ass time and that dog just chomping on nuts. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they're like, no, no, pit bulls have a hard reputation already. Let him just be a sweet baby and stay at the hotel while John Wick kills everyone around him. And then they said, but. We know the people are clamoring for a dog fight. So let's have Halle Berry have two badass dogs that absolutely will chomp on all the nuts. And that's what they gave us. And I love it. Wait, so you said Children on the Corner. What were the other? Salem's Lot. And what was the other ones? So we've got Salem's Lot, mm-hmm. Boogeyman, and a mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery prequel. Oh, right. That's the one. Listen, if that Pet Cemetery prequel isn't just the story about the ant that has the weird back on the bed. <laughs> what was the ant's name? Remember that Thea that's flung all over from Pet Cemetery 2, I think? Is it from 2 or 1? You know, the, the weird Thea on the bed? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the- <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> it's the Thea. She's an ant. And, like, the mom has a flashback, and she's like, my sister was sick, and blah, blah, blah. Is that Pet Cemetery? I think I'm right. I think I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm guessing they're going to, like, go into the backstory and the lore of the Pet Cemetery, maybe? Sure, of, like, how it became. Because that guy a... was, like, a groundskeeper or something, that old man. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy that was, like, don't bury him back there. Right. Was he? Was he, like, the keeper of the cemetery or he I don't just know knew if he was the keeper creepy. he was he just like had an awareness right so that about does it all for our news this week so Eileen tell everyone where they can find you and if you have anything to plug feel free Yes, of course. Well, um, I'm Eileen Clark. You can find me on my personal social medias at Eileen with an A, little L-I-L, hands with a Z, Eileen Little Hands. Uh, I'm on all the all the things, uh, complaining, talking, doing, you know, goofs for the most part. Um I host a podcast with my best friend Johnny Atkinson. It's called Uy Que Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast. Um, We released episodes every Monday on Friday before we let you know what movie we're covering so that you can watch it uh, during the weekend and uh, on Mondays be ready to listen to us gab the day away. We love to do that. Um, You can find... Wikiorror on all social media as well at Wikiorror. Uh, we're on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. Um, we have a Patreon, which is very exciting. Patreon.com slash Wikiorror. And um, we're currently in the works to making extra content to deliver, and that's going to be really cool. And if you want to catch Johnny in a very exciting new horror themed children's show in dc if you're in the dc area um you can go to kennedycenter.org to find the times for the mortification of fovia munson it opens on march 4th and it it goes through march 19th horror themed show for kids he plays a disembodied head which is very fun and um He's very talented and beautiful. So if you're in D.C., check Johnny out over there. And um, 
And yeah, and if not, then just listen to us on Uikiroor talk about Latinx horror movies, which is our favorite thing to do. You know, I can't say it enough. It's a great podcast. You guys are so Thanks. entertaining. Thank and you. are always bringing so many cool movies to my attention. While so teaching we try to cool do, dialects. We just, yeah, we just want everybody to see some fun Latino horror movies and then go home saying weird things. Like uh, one of the phrases from Juan of the Dead that I still, I my my friend Juan got me a beanie that says, Este huevo quiere sal. Because I love that <laughs> phrase so much. Like as a way to start a fight. Like, ah, este huevo quiere sal. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I love that. So so there you go. Learn what something new at And eggs or balls. Like, brother. <laughs> you know, another thing we say is, tengo un huevo hinchado. Uh-huh, a, a swollen, swollen egg. <laughs> yeah. Tengo un huevo hinchado. Mira, el huevo a huevo. I think Latinos in general, we just love to say huevo. Huevo is such yeah, a funny I'm, word. It's a good word. <laughs> yeah. So come to Uyguror to listen to us say huevo a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up episode four of our podcast. It's been a nightmare. Don't be afraid to reach out and let us know what you think on social media. And be sure to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Press LLC, as well as on TikTok at Press. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks for the next episode of the Press Podcast.